Welcome to Femme Collective with Katie, Stacy, and Mai. Well, hello, ladies. Welcome, welcome to all of us, really, but also to our loyal listeners from season one and our new listeners, you know, the ones that um, may just be joining us for the first time. So just to get us started this season, season two, you know, we had a strategy planning session and we really feel like we are uh, ready to tackle some topics that were either um, suggested by our listeners or just, you know, relevant topics, things that are going on right now in our lives or just in the general, in everyone's lives, Mm -hmm. like the pandemic. And this first topic that we're going to talk about, which is the great resignation Um, I'm not sure how much you all out there are familiar with what's been going on, but just in November, it was published that 4.5 million people quit their jobs, um, which is crazy. And the crazier part is that it's been happening, it's been increasing and happening for at least eight months prior to that, with an average for 2021, I'm just going to quote a bunch of numbers now because I'm a numbers person, but also just just to put, just to give us some context here, right. As how big of a deal it is for 2021, the average is 3.9 million people a month are leaving their jobs. And that's a lot of people. Um, and then the reason why we're talking about is because women are leading that charge. Mm -hmm. So month after month, the gender gap is just widening. Uh, in the workplace with just more women leaving the workforce. Therefore, we'll have other issues, right? With compensation, what they're getting paid, that's going to continue to widen. And it's it's just a matter of, it's a big deal, right? To all of us here, Femme Collective, but I think it's a big deal for the country as a whole. And in just reading through all different articles and trying to get a feel for what's going on, because I'm curious, right? Like, first of all, why are these people leaving? And then also, where are they going? <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but, but really, like, why are they leaving? And I, and I almost feel like it's, it's a good reason, personally, I think, where people are saying we're no longer going to put up for these working conditions, may it be unsafe or toxic, for this pay that we're getting, right? For a long time, people complained and, and said that, you know, raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour was, was just it's crazy. It's going to destroy us. But then people are now saying, well, if we're not getting what we should be getting, then we're just going to leave. And so that's like the main reason. And, um, and, and I actually, I'm encouraged by that. How about you, Katie? Yeah. I, I mean, I was just thinking that, um, you know, it's like you fix it now or you fix it later you know, like you pay now or you pay later. So if you don't think that raising the minimum wage is appropriate and you'd rather um, keep those wages depressed because you think it will have some negative economic impact, well, guess what? The market's going to correct on its own and people are going to leave. And now what are you going to do? What's your plan now? Is it costing you more than $15 an hour or or whatever gap that would have been? Um, you know, to try to attract and recruit people to come work for you. So it's like, you know, it's kind of the age old thing, like you pay now or you pay later. Like a credit card. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and that's where like now people are increasing their minimum wage. I think at like my, my Chick-fil-A, it's like $17 an hour where they need people. Chick-fil-A needs people. Okay. That's a big deal. Like Chick-fil-A needs people and they are paying for it. So it's a matter of like, I guess it wasn't as big of a deal as they wanted it to be. And so that's why I'm happy to know that people are leaving. And then in the two industries that I found that um, the most people are leaving and are burnt out are in technology and in healthcare. 
healthcare is of no surprise to any of us, but technology is more so what I found was that um, there's, there are more demands on IT individuals and just technology as a whole because everybody's working from home yep. or there's just more remote or, or like technology driven expectations that we all have. And so that made sense that those two industries um, were the top two and then retail, hospitality, and and other areas as well. Yeah. I mean, healthcare to me is not surprising at all, right? I mean, there is such significant burnout there um, right now with a, you know, a sustained prolonged period of much more work and high burnout. But I think that the most interesting to me was, was tech, uh, was that, okay. I mean, it makes sense, but I was mm-hmm. like, okay, so it's nice. It's interesting to see kind of the ranking of, of different industries that are leaving. Cause it also includes things like frontline workers, people at restaurants and in hospitality. I mean, they just, they don't feel comfortable going back yet, you know? And, and it's this whole entire industry of people where if no one works, like the rest of the country doesn't get these services that they think that they want so badly. Right. Like, how come no one's picking up my trash? Like, how come no <laughs> one is, uh, you know, how, how come no one's at the restaurant where I want to eat? Well, you know, th- th- this is the, this is the culmination of that. Yeah. Um, and then my, my, the one thing that I did want to highlight for sure was just in the, in the, the age distribution and where I'm going to, say this and like really let you all know how I feel about what's been going on but the first the the individuals ages 30 to 45 those are the ones that are quitting their jobs by far more than anyone else right so that's like our age group mid-career those people that have been working probably their butts off for a while now pre-pandemic and then during the pandemic it was like it's just shifted to another gear and they're burnt out or or they're using this opportunity to go somewhere else and make more money Um, And then you have individuals that are slightly younger than that, 25 to 30, and slightly older, 45 years or older. Those are also leaving. And then the youngest and the oldest are at the bottom of the list uh, for for simple reasons where inexperienced individuals don't have the luxury to really just quit their jobs if they're just starting out as much. And then older individuals at that point, if they're going to leave the workforce, they're just going to retire, right? Anybody who's over (laughs) 60. Um, But it's more so just that, that, that encourages me more. And, and I'll say this, right. I was sharing this with my husband, which almost, we have to really share what we think when it, it is insightful or, or just meaningful because some other people may not see it that way. But I just told yeah. him, I was like, I'm a commodity. Like I, as a, a human being right now, I feel empowered and encouraged because no, I'm not in a position where I do want to leave my job, but I'm also at a position where I'm pretty much, I know my priorities. I know what I'm worth and I will continue to work hard. I have good work ethic, but there are certain things I have my boundaries now. And it's like, you know, I'm not going to do that because my family comes first, or I'm not going to work all these extra hours on this project and kill myself for perfection because my mental sanity is more important to me. Right. So that's like how I feel about all of this. And I am curious to hear what you guys think, just hearing the stats and, and, and just what's been going on. Yeah. I mean, I, I think something that you said is so interesting that, um, you know, it hasn't really been a laborer's market for a long, long time. Um, employee employers have really, um, had the power for a long while now. And just now it is shifting to where us as employees have a bit more leverage. And that's a a weird new feeling for me, especially mid-career, just as I've never felt that before. And I'm with you, Maya, like, I'm not considering leaving my job right now because I really love it. Um, but uh, if I were, 
I am glad to know that I could negotiate and kind of, and, and leverage this brand new world and this like dynamic. So, um, something I wanted to mention is that I often hear people like maybe over the last year say, no one wants to work. I hear people say that all the time. And I think they're really missing the mark on that because it's not that people don't want to work. People don't want to work for you in those conditions with these wages. Yeah. You put it like a mic drop, like sound effect. <laughs> Dang it. Okay. Let me hit something. There you go. Right. I mean, yeah. it's seriously, yeah, it's, it's people who, who own these businesses, who, who say things like that, or I've read it in articles. And I think, you know, how tone deaf, how blind and, and how difficult it's going to be for you to recover from this, where you're thinking it's everyone else's individual fault, that there's mm-hmm. some, mm-hmm. some shift that people no longer are interested in working, which is not true. Mm-hmm. People are no longer interested in working under these conditions. And so they're demanding better ones. And that's how big revolutions happen. And I'm excited right. to see it too, my, um, I, I do. Um, well, you know what, maybe, maybe Stacy has something to add about all the, all the statistics that my had going on. Oh, you know, I do. <laughs> Go ahead, girl. <laughs> well, the first thing that I, I really want to address real quickly is how my started viewing herself as a commodity because sis, you are, and we all are because why we generate income. We're an asset. Like we're finance yep. people, right? Like start looking at yourself like an asset, you generate income. Like you have the potential to generate all this cash flow, then invest it, then build wealth. Mm-hmm. So like it's rethinking about how we fit in. And then kind of what Katie said too, is just like, it's no longer like, Oh, I have to just be subject to whatever employees want. Like, no, I have something to say now too. And you know, my, you mentioned earlier too, with like women and as a mom, I know for me and like other moms that are in little circles that I'm in, it's like, wait, there is an option for me to have way more flexibility, generate income, serve in my career, be of better service to my family versus what I've been doing before. Why would I choose the other option Mm -hmm. for what? And you know, what Katie talked about too, is like industries, corporations, agencies, they need to catch up. (laughs) <laughs> like cash up. <laughs> like that's right. If you don't, you're gonna look back and now you're gonna have all these other studies that you're doing, like, oh, what did we do wrong? Well, what you did wrong is you didn't move with the stream. You didn't move with the way the, the direction of the river was going. That's what's wrong. And mm-hmm. I think too, like as a mom, like we were already kind of getting burnt out anyway. And then when when COVID came, and maybe our kids were back home, and then it was like, oh, well, we still demand the same level of workload. You can't demand the same level of workload. I have a whole other full-time job on top of that now. Like it's just this recognition piece that's going to have to happen for people to be able to keep up with everything. Yeah. And that's, that's so good, Stacey. You're right. Um, my and Stacey though, like you all are not just commodities because you're in the workforce. You also have this really interesting intersectionality of something else that is emerging is so important. Um, which we would all agree here on this show has been is long overdue, but you are a, a, you are women of color, mm-hmm. and as the diversity and inclusion movement becomes so much more important, I, I wonder how you're feeling um, related to that too. So you're not just a commodity because you're in the workforce, but also you have this additional thing to offer. <laughs> My aunt said couple of months ago and she's in corporate she's been in corporate finance for forever 
she was like, you know what, y'all, it's a good time to be black. <laughs> like, that is so true. So like, just remember her saying that, I mean, it is, I mean, it's just another advantage. And I know some people don't like that aspect of it, but again, overdue. Right. So again, we're just catching up. So yeah, it's right. not like, it's not like, oh, we have this super advantage. It's just things are catching up again. And that's another area. So that's all I would say really about that. And it's also, I mean, just going through it all, I feel more, more encouraged to just speak, say my truth, but, but say it obviously in a professional way, in a professional setting. And I feel like I have a seat at the table now. People are asking me what I think. People are asking, you know, well, what, what is your experience like? Which is something that I've never been asked before. I've never felt like I was in a position where people even cared. Where right. now, whether it's a movement, a buzzword, or it's just something that's happening, people are asking. Non-people of color are asking, right? Because Stacy and I and our other fellow people of color, we, we probably talk about it all the time and we have conversations. But now I have white males and white females asking me questions and actually listening and then saying, well, what can we do better? And I think that's where it's exciting, right? Where it's not just what's going to change. I don't know. People can listen to me all day. That doesn't mean things will actually happen the way I want them to. But I do feel heard. And I do yeah. feel like we as a people are being heard and at least considered. And that's where I don't know in my career. Well, it's not as long as others, as long as your aunt, Stacey. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I don't feel like I've, I've had that opportunity before. And so that's another reason why I feel empowered by what's going on. Because I do know, hey, I don't have to take this. And there is another place I can go. And I may get more money and I may also get more benefits that I'm not getting here. While before I felt like "Mm, there's nowhere to go. This is it. This is the best I'm going to do. And that just almost makes you feel stuck uh, mentally and then just um, creatively as well as you do your job. So one thing we did talk about briefly, I don't know if Stacey wants to add to it, but, you know, Katie and I mentioned we are not planning on um, going anywhere right now. Uh, We're happy where we are. But I did want to hear from Stacey, you know, your thoughts about what's going on, but just in general, where you feel like you are professionally and, and, and um, what is it that you're still staying for, or what is it that you're looking for at the time or at this time? I mean, I think right now it's like this realization type of phase, like you've all been talking about, like, whoa, let me start reflecting. Right. Like, cause before, I mean, I've been in my same position almost 12 years now, and there's been lots of reasons why I've stayed and why I'm still yeah. here today. I mean, just the career progression, the opportunities, the advancement. And let me just be real too. And I, I even tell people when I'm recruiting for where we work is that I had all my babies paid for, for pretty much free. Like that does not happen <laughs> in most places. So there's like a career piece, a development piece that's kept me. And then also just all of the support for my family life that I've had thus far. But now it's this realization like, oh, well, let me just reflect and really think through, am I where I need to be? Is this the best place for me? Um, What opportunities are ahead of me? And then right now too, another reason I'm staying is because, you know, I got bills and stuff. So (laughs) I got to be able to pay that, right? Just from a very very practical standpoint as well too. And um, I think the other piece of this that we've kind of been talking about, that's something that I'm doing too, is that I think we're moving into this like more, like there's a a very strong internet presence now and you can build a whole entire business online now. That wasn't present before. And the market, the entry into the market online, there's no barriers. Like you have access to putting up a website, you have access to social media. So I think a lot of women are finding out too, like I can build a business. I can run my own schedule. 
And that's where I'm at right now is I'm investigating what that would be like. I'm starting to tap into some of that. I'm sort of trying to build an online brand for myself. I'm trying to build an audience and build a business for myself too. Not saying that I'm leaving my nine to five, but just explore. I'm like in an exploratory mode. Like maybe I can do that. What does that look like for me? So right now I'm staying put, but I'm also exploring some other options, but you know, your girl is staying here right now because I need my money. So, (laughs) (laughs) oh, Stacey, that's so good. You know, I, I love that you're kind of looking into other options because even if it's supplemental, which is what, you know, the goal is for now, um, you're also really interested and passionate about these things. I mean, Mm -hmm. you do have three podcasts and this is only (laughs) one of them. So, um, but you know, I, I like what Stacy said. I, I stay for a lot of, um, the similar reasons that she mentioned, but I also feel cared for where I work. I honestly feel like my manager cares about me, about my family, um, about our health. I also feel very safe in the pandemic to work here where I do, because I'm working exclusively from home Mm -hmm. and that may, and that helps me to manage my, uh, like risk tolerance. Yeah. I mean, it, it helps me manage that through the pandemic. Um, I've also got a really good childcare situation right now. So all of these things help me feel very stable. Um, plus I like my job. I, I honestly like what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis. And all of these things are really important. Yeah. And I, I mean, I agree with both of you, right? So I won't just repeat what you all said, but, but I think that one thing we could just flow into naturally is something that Katie did mention um, regarding the people she's spoken to, or she's heard people saying people don't want to work. Right. And, and that mentality is just, it's archaic, but then it's just not progressive. It, it's not going to get you anywhere it's going to keep you stuck. And then, so recently, actually last month, I, I, I graduated from, this is not even a plug, but I went to the graduate school of banking at SMU. And so I'm connected to the other graduate schools of banking throughout the country. And, um, I listened to a webinar out of the Pacific Coast Banking School, right? And um, it was a a webinar called Surviving the Great Resignation by Cindy Solomon. She has this whole leadership institute and she's a professor there. And I was honestly very just excited to listen to it. I'm not a manager per se. I don't manage people. I manage projects. So it's a separate thing. But she focused on four things, right? Four takeaways for managers, four takeaways for, for companies, because that's what she helps. She helps companies rebrand and just really be innovative and think through what's happening. And so her main thing was just a matter of, we can't keep doing things the way we were. People pre-pandemic, that's not going to happen anymore. People are not going to tolerate those things. And everything's changed. Job descriptions have changed, whether you want to accept it or not. Expectations have changed. And people's lives personally have changed and continue to evolve. And so one thing that stood out for me, and I'll summarize what she said um, briefly, because there are four points, they're all good, but they're all interrelated to some extent, where she said, people quit jobs and bosses, they don't quit a team and a career, right? So if you focus in on not just providing, paying people and just making them do some tasks that they don't feel connected to, but also focus in on understanding your employee, like Katie said, she feels like she's cared for. She feels connected to a team, even though she's completely remote and has been for almost two years now in a new job that she got during the pandemic, right? That's huge. If someone feels connected, but that they have the ability to grow and develop in a job, they will want to stay, right? So it's like you said, Katie, people don't want to work for you. That's why they are leaving. So if the person wants to work for that individual or feels connected, feels passionate, feels cared for, 
and feels like their, their growth and their development, their career progression, like Stacey said, matters, then it'll keep them engaged. And it'll make them feel like, you know, I'm going to keep doing this, right? Even if I could use a little bit more money or there's certain things I, I, I am willing to look for elsewhere, I still feel like he, this is where I should be at this time. And so other two points she said that we are very familiar with are um, that we should be coaching our peers constantly, right? It's not just a matter of mentoring and having a mentee and having um, a person that's subordinate or somebody that you manage, but each other. We should be able to freely coach each other. And when we do that with our peers, we allow for the connection to grow and, um, and make it a better working environment. And the last point I'll say, and then I'll, I'll move it over to see what you guys think, um, is that, you know, recognition. We have to celebrate the wins, no matter how small they are. And um, again, it's not just from your manager down, but with each other. Uh, and that's where I did feel empowered because I feel like my wins are celebrated, even if it's like an email or money, right, which is nice. But also when we're able to do that, we allow people to pause and we allow people to reflect and appreciate what they've done in an environment where we're so like high producing all the time, not just at work, but personally. So you do have to take a step back and smile and know like, wow, these efforts mattered. And, and, and that's one thing that we have to do. So um, what do you think, Katie? Well, I think um, all of those points are so good. But the one that resonated with me the most, well, kind of, gosh, all of them did, but the, but the, the one that did the most, I think was the peer mentorship or the peer counseling or whatever, peer coaching. Yeah. I mean, we do that with each other all the time. And that's, you know, we talked about this a lot last season, but like, we're pretty direct with each other, pretty upfront. I mean, there was a, a situation where I applied for a position and I, I, I basically got caught up in my notes and the, the people on the panel, you know, gave me some feedback and were like, Hey, it seemed like you were reading and inadvertently I was, but, and that was such a hard thing for me. It felt so embarrassing. I felt really ashamed about it. And I talked to my and Stacy about it and they were like, yeah, you can't do that again. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, like, like give yourself some grace, but like, Let's think of ways that we can try to prevent doing that in the future, you know, and that's the kind of peer coaching that you need. And I even have that on my, on my current team where I am, where we have kind of a de facto leader of our peers, um, in, uh, on our team. And she is so good about approaching us. It doesn't even feel like you're getting coached. Right. She's just like, you know, in my experience, here's what I've found has been, you know, advantageous in a situation like this, or because I've worked with this person a lot over the last five years, let me tell you how I've handled such and such situation. She just does it so seamlessly and, and effortlessly, but it is, it's, um, it's such an important part of my development in this group that I'm new to. Yeah, that's so good. I like the part about celebrating your wins because I forget to do that all the time. And I think that like in our little circle right here, and then just in general, when you have a lot of women who are very career conscious and ambitious, that personality trait can be associated with like this narrowed focus on moving forward, gaining traction, getting wins, but like not stopping to be like, man, I just had a win. And doing that, not only for yourself, but for your peers too, but like, that's something that I'm glad you said, like, that was a reminder for me in this conversation to be like, stop moving so fast and just pause and reflect what happened today that you did well, what happened this week that you did well, 
sit with that for a minute, like let that soak into your spirit and just celebrate that even if it's for a few minutes. And that's going to really help you move and achieve far more than you would if you were just full steam ahead all the time. So thank you for saying that. (laughs) Beautiful. No, no, definitely. I mean, I feel like, you know, what we talked about here and and we're winding it down now, but it's just a matter of, we understand what's going on with the great resignation, right? We understand why people are leaving the workforce. And you know what? I commend those people and I will continue to encourage them. But another thing is we have to survive this time. We, we, we don't want it to continue to happen and there for there to be no change for people to keep leaving their jobs because nothing seems to be working and they feel like I have to leave because I can't survive this. And so to be able to survive this time, to survive the great resignation, one of the best things that I took out of it is just that I'm going to do my best to make contributions to make sure that where I work, it's, in, it's, in, it's a place where there is diversity, we, it is inclusive, and then more than anything, it promotes a culture of balance and teamwork. So I'm going to do all I can personally. I'm going to do that with what I've learned to make sure the people that I work with that I love, each and every one of you and other people on my team that I think are just some kick A individuals. And I will try to check in with them because it's like, let's have some peer coaching. I want to celebrate your wins. I want to hear what's going on with you and what we can do to make this a better work environment because ultimately it's going to make it better for me too. So that's where, you know, it's an interesting time. I'm excited about it, but I also have to step back and say, well, how can this be better? Because I don't want people to keep quitting their jobs month after month after month. It will impact our greater economy and and us personally as well. But I do want to empower these people, like Stacey said, figure out how to supplement your income, figure out those side hustles and figure out more importantly, what are your priorities and ensure that you as a commodity you as an asset, what you're doing day to day aligns with your values and your goals. And that's just what I got from it. So, you know, I, I know that we're not going to belabor this point too much, being that it is what it is. But um, are there any you know final thoughts that you guys want to share before we just end this talk? I don't really, but I, I do want to say I am so happy to be back recording with two of my best friends in this world who I love and who just make me feel so empowered through these conversations. And I'm, I'm glad we're doing this again for round two. Thanks for taking the time to listen to us today. Please be sure to write a review and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram at Fem Collective Podcast, and we can continue the discussion by joining our Fem Collective Facebook group. Until next time.